0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the MetLife podcast series. My name's Noel Lord, and my guest this morning is the Principal from Centaur Financial Services on the Gold Coast and the 2018 AFA Advisor of the Year, Hugh Robertson. Hugh, welcome to the podcast. Very, very glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. It's it's obviously very challenging times, and there's a lot going on. Tell us a little bit about your background, Hugh, and how you got into this
1: industry. Uh, I came in the industry in 2004. I'd studied finance and accounting at university. And I was fortunate enough to get a graduate position with the Commonwealth Bank, which was always really highly sought after because there wasn't really that pathway to get into financial planning. So it was very, very difficult to get a leg up in in a training program as as good as that. So that was the start in, in the industry. always thought I was going to turn into funds management. That was more where my passion lay. However, probably a year into, into the role, really start to see where advisors could add value and sort of put the pieces together for clients that didn't really speak the language uh, of, of finance and thought that it was very overwhelming and would much rather bury their head in the sand and get educated on it. So that was really the the background, always interested in in money, always interested in helping people. So it kind of ended up being... Inadvertently, a perfect fit for me, and that was all the way in 2004, so 16 years ago. Wow, and it's been uh it's been a hell of a journey since then no doubt there's been a lot of changes i think that's the one thing if you're in the financial plan industry you've got to embrace change because back then there was what was called fsra financial services uh changes happening and then you had uh, even then just product changes with annuities and asset test and so on for, uh, gfc i'd then gone and left a commonwealth bank to go and join Whitaker mcnaught so just a lot of lot of change in this industry and you've really got to lean into it, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think the the concept here of embracing change is it's no different from our industry to other industries. There's always going to be change. Tell me a little bit about your
1: business and and what makes Centaur Financial Planning tick. So Centaur came about in 2009, an amalgamation of two accounting practices, financial planning divisions. And the the focus was always on having highly qualified people, uh, but also then providing great service. So if, if we said there's one thing in any feedback survey or anything that's differentiated, Centaur would be our client care and constantly just talking to clients, listening to them, trying to be proactive, like in the recent coronavirus saga that we've been going through. We called every single client to see how they were, not just from the financial perspective, but make sure their families were okay. Although we couldn't tell them what was going to happen in the markets, all we could sort of tell them was that we're here and that we're going to be there for them. And that's always carried through. That's carried through back when we first started the business as we were taken over from some advisors who were retiring, uh, letting them know that we're always here. And then in terms of the the business itself, it's a holistic advice model. Uh, We really focus on the areas where we think that we can be the best at. So that's the old Jack Welch from GE used to say that, be number one or two in your industry or don't do it. So we don't do accounting. We don't do uh, estate planning we outsource that to people who are better than it, at it than us. So that way our clients are getting the best outcome we can get for them using our network. And within that, we are the GP. We sit in the middle of all that for them. And that's really been how Central has been able to grow by referral from mostly our, our own clients because they they value that we do those Go the extra step. Very little conversations ever made about portfolios nowadays.
0: So what you're telling me, mate, is a very deep personal connection you've built with your clients that comes from
1: their well-being first, not just their financial well-being. Yep, and I, I think once once people understand that you care, there's that old saying: they don't care how much you know till you know how much they care. And I feel that our conversation has always been about clients' goals and what they're wanting to achieve. And I call it. Not to be too corny, but the iceberg principle of they will come in and what's, what's above the surface for them is only going to be about one eighth of what the issues are. So it's our job as professionals to unravel and uncover what those issues are. Something might be they feel that they're underinsured, but then we can relate that to estate planning, to inheritance, to paying down debt, to what their super is doing. So our job as the professional is to guide them through that journey, even though what their burning issue is may not be the ultimate cause of the problem.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting proposition that you face as an advisor because it's not just, as you said, about advice, whether it be investment, be insurance, it's a, a holistic approach to helping them achieve their goals. You, how have you adjusted your business to adapt to the current situation we find ourselves in with the working from home, not only for your clients, but in respect
1: to your staff and any centers of influence you deal with? it's been really challenging to try and have the headspace to run your business and your team. Uh, and we we converted to remote uh, pretty early on in the piece as we've, we've used the software that enables that and everything's been on the cloud. So effectively, the team want to take home the dual screens because they prefer that. And that was it. So we had two weeks of working from home. Uh, then the team wants to actually come back and work together because we do realise there is a synergy. And we're fortunate our office is large enough that we can social distance uh, quite easily. And that was was number one, the change from the the business perspective. Number two, with the centers of influence was keeping them informed so they could look good in front of their clients. So we want to always be the source of truth and the source of knowledge for both our clients and centers of influence. So we were there scouring the, the government web pages for all information and trying to send links, trying to send all the information they could, not necessarily with the answers because at first answers didn't come out. But just with the information so they could go to their clients and their clients knew that they could lean on them because the, some of the feedback we got from some prospective clients, uh, who have now come on board was that they weren't hearing from their accountants or, or their business, you know, associates who would, who they thought they would be able to rely on in a bad time. And I think any crisis, anything is always a matter of when you assess your best mates, your best mates are there for you when you're down. I think the top advisors and the top professionals. They made sure that they up the ante during the the downtime because there wasn't an answer, but there was a, let's be in this together and get through it so we can get to the other side. And that's where we really, early on, we articulated that within our business, that that was our goal was not to be the person saying markets will get better, not to be the person calling when flatten the curve would happen, but to be the person, the, the advice team that was there so people would know that the information we gave them would be accurate. And that that's... That's where we feel you get trust score and you get authenticity score from clients and COIs, centres of influence, and that will carry on now long past this pandemic and it's a similar playbook to what we did during the GFC and it work as well. Yeah, there's some interesting points you raised
0: there, Hugh, in the sense that you sat down with your team initially and said, right, What's our plan going to be and what do we want to be known for to our clients and centers of influence going through that? And admitting that it was really challenging for your business highlights the fact that you're experiencing the same thing as your clients have done. Mm-hmm. I just want to step back and go back to 2018, AFA Advisor of the Year. I know how proud of a moment that was for you and, and Joe and the business. How did that
1: change your approach to the business, being the AFA advisor of the year? Well, it meant for about six months I wasn't in the office very much as you you go around uh, the country. It, it was brilliant to give us the confidence and the conviction that what we do was well-valued. I think in in the past, I'd always probably been to use a, a basketball term, as you alluded to, pump faked by all these advisors who seemed to be very great when I hadn't yet met them, and their marketing was First class, and we've never really engaged in marketing. We've never really engaged in anything but focusing on our clients. We never wanted to get distracted. So, winning that award was a, a confirmation that what we were doing was was good. And there'd never been a firm on the Gold Coast, so locally that had, that had done it. So, we never really knew at what level Centaur could play at. Um, and then, so doing that gave us a, a great. Conviction in our, in our approach. It was lovely to hear what the clients had to say and how proud they were of us. And it, it also tapped into a network of the high-end advisors who we may not have otherwise met. And, and that was that was really nice, considering it was the first award we ever went for. I never really believed in going for awards, and uh, a mate had actually talked me into going for it and said, "Well, how do you know where you stand? You know, you've got three degrees, you've got this, you've got that, you." You know we think you would be good but how would we know and I thought that's actually a really good a really good way of thinking about it so I had to be willing to put our name forward and fail which and that was the hardest thing for me because I didn't want to put my hat in the ring and not not succeed but we were fortunate and there was some really great competition so it was, it was a great experience and even the guys that didn't win I know that they still had a good experience as well
0: yeah great thanks for that mate um what advice would you give to your advice colleagues around the country that are sitting there looking at the last six months? We've had face we've had the LIF reform changes, we've had change, 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 and now we've got a pandemic. What, what advice
1: would you give to your advice colleagues right now? It's hard. I think part of the issue with, with our advice community is we haven't been as collegial as i would i would like us to be as as a profession and it's nice to know that others are struggling that we're all in it together and that there is no answer there wasn't a even as you know we've been fortunate to win awards we still didn't cash clients out february 23rd and go to cash and we didn't foresee it we we and you know a lot of other guys i know who are, have great businesses we're all in it together um we didn't pick this we didn't see this coming but the only thing we can control is our attitude and our approach to it. So I think in our industry, if you look, the Royal Commission, ASIA, bad markets, um, and there was the US-China trade war that happened, you know, December 2018, it would be very easy to be overwhelmed. So I always refer to this as the Rocky mentality, Rocky Balboa, you've got to get up one more time than you get knocked down. And that right now will differentiate you. You know, don't don't duck the phone calls, get on the front foot, call the clients, control the narrative. If you do that, you actually, we, we talk about clients, you know, to be able to profit from a pandemic rather than cash out and sell. Right now is the time where you go, you double, you double in, and you go hard, and you make sure you answer every call, return every email, give lots of communication, and that that then positions you as someone who you and I personally we would trust that person. I would say, okay, they actually care about me.
0: It's a really, it's a really good point, and you know, I suppose, summarised is your attitude determines your direction. You know, right now, a really uh, having a positive attitude, and the fact that it's it's okay to show a bit of vulnerability to your clients in that you know you have concerns, and and you know you're dealing with unknowns as well, but that communication
1: point's really, really important. Well, and it's not meant to be easy. That's the thing. This To be successful, to be good at anything isn't easy, and this is just a tough time. So I think a lot of people, you know, got they're just overwhelmed, and I get that in our advice community, but we just need to start acting more as a team together and really help clients if we do that because there's enough clients for every advisor. We don't need more.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, some of the points you've raised are very valid here in the sense that, you know, it has really challenging but keeping that deep personal connection and, and communication but I also made a note while you were chatting there that you know putting yourself out to be able to be prepared to fail failure doesn't mean you know um, the, the end of the world it means it's a learning in your education and you can improve you can improve and grow from that but it's that real thought process around um, showing your clients that you're in it together showing your colleagues and centres of influence that you're you're there in in not only the good times but tough times as well, talk me through you. Where are you focusing your business now over the next 30, 60, 90 days as we charter our way through these sort of uh,
1: murky waters of the pandemic? The major focus right now has been sticking to principles uh, for for us. If we, you know, for our retirees, we're not going to cash out. We've got our cash reserves for the next few years. For our accumulators, stick to our dollar cost averaging into the markets. Uh, so, focus for the next 30 days, the team, but it's, it's going to still be on serving our existing clients, you know, seeing what we can, who we can help with Job Seeker, who we can help with all of those, maximising age pension now that markets have gone down, we can, and some Centrelink rules have changed, we can help clients get some age pension. So things like that, where other people are sort of thinking that the clients will be worried about the markets, uh, we're not thinking about that right now. We don't know if it's going to be a U shaped, V-shaped W over the next 30, 60, 90 days. But what we can we can control the controllable. So we're getting on the front foot saying, all right, if you're gonna buy a brand new car. Don't caravan, don't wait. Let's wait now and work as a team together to get through this. Um, in terms of business, we are going to pivot a little bit and start sort of having a bit more discussion around insurances with clients, a bit more discussion around lending with clients. Possibly that might branch off into its own cash flow style of business. We've got a associate advisor right now who would be really good in that space. So growing that for her in due course, we've already got someone who's very established in the retiree space. So More business as usual, but available. And what we found even in the last month is we've had probably the most new clients, even via Zoom meetings, than we had in the last 12 months, so there's yes. a lot of people there wanting in help still.
0: Oh, that's great, and that's no doubt a testament to your whole structure of the business and that really
1: strong touch points with people.
0: You, if you had your time
1: again, is there anything you'd do differently? Where do I start? Lots of mistakes on the way. Uh, mistakes are part of growth, as we said. You've got to you've got to miss shots to make shots. So the things that I would probably do different is adopt a dollar-based fee for service earlier if i was going to focus on social media i'd focus on one medium not all i would if i was starting out i would focus on a particular niche and work that niche deep rather than a lot of people try and say that they're legal, you know, professional advisors, they're great for accountants, they're great for doctors. You you can't be. Um, you've really got to know the ins and outs. The in terms of another investment philosophy point has always been index versus active. I won't get into that debate, but it's again it's it's always worth reconsidering every every hypothesis that you have right now. Um, the, the things I wouldn't change would be service I'd still focus on service. But I might be a little bit more picky with who, which clients I took on earlier on in the piece. Because I think when you start, we were probably more order takers than and trying to please people rather than being the financial leaders that I think all advisors should be. So that would be, if I had my time again, I'd go back and be much more of the leader and not, not take on those clients that weren't willing to take advice. Because ultimately, they're the ones that take up the time and away from you focusing on what you need to focus on.
0: Thanks, Hugh. And there's some great insights in your comments there. And I think to sort of sum them up, you know, the messages that I'm hearing from you for your advice colleagues today is, you know, don't be emotional in your reactions. And I love that comment, control the controllables. And, you know, the thing about... your business is, it's had phenomenal growth and it's continued to have growth. But the one thing that's remained consistent is your clients know that you're here for them and so do your colleagues. And, you know, I know that uh, you're part of the AAN network with Paul Forbes and the team, and that's a really close-knit group of people that have uh, prepared to share ideas and work together. And no doubt that experience
1: has helped you grow Centaur as well. We've been very, very fortunate that I've had those people in my life. So that's your Paul Forbes, Troy Theobald, Jeff Therrette, Marshall Brentnell, Brad Wall, Mark Benter, David Myers, they, the, the ability to knowledge share when you lose the ego and just say, hey, what's, what are you guys doing good? What are you guys doing bad at? And it's more a matter of acknowledging what people's flaws are rather than what we succeed at because a lot of people succeed on their own passions. So one person might be the investment guru, one person might be the lending guru, one person might be the goals-based. But it's, it's great to be able to see where we've all had struggles and say, okay, try and get that synergy. How can we make that better? And very fortunate with the group that we're in that we've been able to build that and, and continue to build that. We're certainly, none of us are where we where we see that we could be. So there's a lot of there's a lot of blue ocean ahead. And, and you know, you've got some really talented uh, young people coming through the industry like Darko in that group as well. Darko, yep. Um, absolutely. You see these guys well, in that office. Like, I know, I see now as I see Jenna Wheeler and Lisa Swain, I just think, I'm lucky I didn't have to against those guys because they've got a lot of knowledge and they get to learn off the back of some very experienced people who are willing to help. And, the, and that also makes you see that the, the future of our industry is in good hands.
0: Mate, it's been great to spend some time talking to you today. Really appreciate you taking the time to share your insights, uh, not only with us here at Medlife, but the, the broader advice community. And just to summarize it, it's, it's all about the communication. It's about ensuring your clients know that you're there for them. And not trying to be all things we're all people and be prepared to reach out because the concept of are you okay starts with yourself, doesn't it? Exactly right. All right, Hugh. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Take care and all the best.
1: You've been listening to the MetLife podcast. To find out how you can partner with us, please visit metlife.com.au. This podcast has been prepared by MetLife Insurance Limited and intended for advisor and internal use only, and should not be provided to clients or attributed to MetLife in any advice provided. This material is intended to provide general information only and has been prepared without taking into account any particular person's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Any general information contained within or given during this podcast is not intended to be investment or financial advice, nor a recommendation to invest in a financial product or undertake any particular strategy or course. In accessing this podcast, you agree to MetLife's podcast disclaimer terms found at metlife.com.au.